Welcome to the Cashflow Guys Podcast. That's right. You heard the man. This is Tyler Schaff, and I am the host of the Cashflow Guys Podcast. And guys, I saw some shit on Facebook this week. Pardon my French. That's not French. I know it. That I got to tell you about. This made me giggle. It also made me a little sad inside because it shows an example, unfortunately, of a real estate agent that is challenged in the in the regard to mindset and investors, home buyers, anybody buying anything where you have a real estate agent or somebody representing you, you need to understand what they're doing. You need to make sure that you're being represented in the proper light. I can't begin to stress how important this is for you. So trust me when I tell you. And, and so let me go ahead and get started. I'm going to try not drop any spoilers here, but here we go. So you see this post that says alert, don't send me an offer on a listing $25,000 low. It's a waste of my seller's time, my time and yours, and really isn't an offer anyway. Now, clearly the agent was venting and more clearly the agent was probably offended by the offer they received. And so I know I have a lot of real estate agents that listen to this podcast and those of you that don't know that may be new to the show is that I am a licensed real estate agent myself in the state of Florida, as is my wife, Jill. And we, we own a small team, operate a small team. And uh, we work primarily, yes, with investors, but we also work with folks that are buying retail properties. Now, the agent went on to say that she was uh, said that it's different because this is not an investor. The buyer's not an investor. And let me start by telling you, it's not different, folks. Here's the thing. A licensed real estate agent has an ethical responsibility. And I know there's other there's legal responsibilities as far as, uh, I'm sure there's some licensure re- responsibilities that we're not going to get into in this episode, but I'm going to go ahead with ethics, right? Because that's just, ethics is the right thing to do. They have a an ethical responsibility to present offers, okay? And depending on what state you're in, sometimes that's a legal responsibility, but we're going to keep it simple since we're talking about just this situation and This leads me to believe that the agent uh, poo-pooed the offer before the seller even got it. Now, I don't know if they told the seller that there was no indication to say they even had told the seller about the offer or not. But first of all, to go out on social media and air your dirty laundry regarding this type of thing isn't good. Okay, not good at all. Because it, it clearly shows that you need some sincere training in negotiating. I mean, really. Now, the sad fact is, folks, that there's a lot of folks out there, a lot of real estate agents that are representing other people that are not negotiating effectively on the behalf of their client. So you might ask, what would I do differently? Well, for starters, I encourage people to bring any offer on any listing that I have Okay, as a, as a listing broker. That's first and foremost. I'd, it's not my idea. It's not up to me to judge what you should pay or what somebody should pay for a property because I'm not the buyer. So if my buyers want to make an offer of 10 bucks, I'm good with that. That's cool because that, then we can start a conversation, right? But until an offer is made, there's really not a whole lot to talk about, okay? Now, those of students of mine know that I teach that whenever possible, try to work directly with the seller and therefore try to avoid listed properties. And, and folks, here's part of the reason why, because unfortunately, sometimes you have some agents that lack experience, which is the case here, does not have a lot of experience in negotiating, clearly is either uncomfortable or unskilled or both in negotiating, therefore takes a, an offer of any kind, uh, such as this, as an insult. And honestly, never should an offer insult you. Never 
shouldn't offer insult you. What insults me is when somebody wastes my time. And you might think, well, Tyler, this is clearly wasting this agent's time because it's 25,000 below list or worse, wasting the seller's time. And it's not because you put something out there to be for sale. And when that happens, uh, you're just because what it's what you want doesn't mean what you're going to get. Because here's the thing. Something is only worth an item is only worth an item for sale is only worth what somebody else is willing to pay for it. Here's a classic example. I've got a wooden trunk that my dad and I refurbished when I was a kid. I remember we had such a great time. My dad was absolutely awesome. He was my role model. He's just awesome guy. And I remember we had a great time uh, doing that together as a father and son project. And it turned out really good. I still have that steamer trunk today. I, it's my prized possession. I take it wherever I go. I don't care how much money you have. That trunk to me is priceless, which means no offer you could ever write. You could ever give me whatever offend me. I guess the only thing that would maybe offend me is the fact that you'd want to take it from me. <laughs> good luck with that. I would guard that with my life. That said, if somebody wanted to buy that trunk to them, that trunk might be worth 50 bucks. It's nothing fancy. It's, it's an antique, but you know, again, the value is tied to the person that's actually going to write a check for it. Now, some people, if I was to buy that same trunk, in other words, let's say somebody came and stole the trunk and it wound up at some pawn shop. And I don't know, maybe I had to go buy it from the pawn shop or something like that, or somebody's holding it ransom. For me, I'd give you a million bucks for it. When a seller is selling their property, number one, they're putting a lot of faith and trust that the agent has more, the realtor, their listing agent has more experience than them. That is clearly more skilled at negotiating than they are. That's the value in part, what a listing agent brings to the table. So that means that they expect that agent to deal with any adversity that comes across, that anything that comes across. Like, let's say somebody doesn't like the house. Well, then maybe the agent is going to be good at articulating or turning around those objections or articulating them, as I was saying to the seller, like, hey, Mr. Seller, you know, there's a chalk line in your kitchen and we should probably go ahead and mop the floor and make that chalk line go away because it's scaring buyers away. You know, a good listing agent will have the guts to to be honest with the seller. That said, when an offer comes in, agents have a responsibility to present all offers. And again, in, in some states, it's a legal responsibility. In other states, in I believe in all states, it's an ethical responsibility. Bottom line is there's no reason not to present an offer because when you're getting offers, that's a good thing. When you're not getting offers, that's a bad thing. So when you receive an offer over, that tells you that somebody has expressed interest in the property. So in that case, and, and here's I'll basically I'll sum it up. What I would have done in the situation is, hey, Mr. Seller, we got an offer and it's significantly lower than list price. Here's what I suggest, Mr. Seller, Mrs. Seller, or both. Let's get on the phone or better, better situation would be. Let's go meet at Starbucks with the buyer and the buyer's agent and see if we can negotiate something that makes sense. And when are you available? Tuesday at 10? Great. Let's go sit down and see if we can work it out. And then provided the seller's okay with that, set the appointment with the other agent or with the buyer and then go meet at a third party off you know, location that doesn't favor either, either party. Go meet, go sit down, have a cup of coffee shake hands, get to know each other. By doing this, you might start to learn different things about each other, the seller, the listing agent, the buyer's agent, and the buyer. Okay, by having the, the guts to face somebody and have a good conversation, you'll probably put the deal together. Now that said, here's the reality of things. The reason why Facebook walls exist is for people that are too cowardly to stand up on a soapbox in, in a shopping mall or in public to say something to go say whatever they want to say on Facebook. That's how you see all these fights on Facebook or this, that, and the other. Okay. But in face to face, people are not going to make these low ball offers face to face. Now there are rare exceptions and maybe there's an exception here. However, it's going to be more challenging for the buyer to make that low ball offer because rejection via email or online or over the phone is one thing, but injection rejection face to face is a whole other thing. So what would you do differently? Well, I'd sit down with the buyer and seller and say, first of all, I'd thank the buyer. Thank you so much for, for submitting the offer. Reason for the meeting today, Mr. Buyer, is the seller and I wanted to have a conversation to kind of Come to a meeting of the minds. How can we put this together to make this deal work? Now, we're not saying that we're going to accept the offer of 25000 but we're not going to say, we're not saying we're going to 
reject it either. We did a market analysis. We looked at the sold properties that were sold that are similar to this one. And here's what we found, which is how we arrived at our listing price or our asking price. I was hoping that you could shed some light on how you arrived at your offer price. And maybe we could somehow meet in the middle or, or figure something out in that regard. What could we do to put this deal together? You see how that response is so much better. And the buyer may say, well, you know, actually, and I've had this happen tons of times. I didn't really want, I wanted to offer more money, but Jimmy here, the, the real estate agent was, didn't want to, he said we could get a better deal. I, I was willing to pay your asking price. Bing, bam, boom, you're done. Slam dunk. Now you're never going to get that done unless you actually have a conversation with the seller and the buyer's agent and the listing agent all on the same table in person, face to face. Now I'll say this, if you aren't able to do it face to face, let's say, I don't know, maybe the seller lives in Ohio and the buyer lives in California and the two agents are in Florida. Well, there's this little thing called zoom. It's called zoom.us. It's video conferencing. There's also Skype. And if you can't do a video conference, then do it over the phone. But I'll say this, there's really no reason why you can't do a video conference unless one of the parties is maybe older and their technology challenge or something like that. But maybe there's a, a uh, sibling or somebody in the family or a son or a daughter that could possibly help them with the technology. Maybe they could go to another real estate broker's office in their local market and use Zoom to teleconference. And here's why this is so important, because people's facials expre facial expressions and, and their eye movements and where they're, how they're sitting and how they're acting says a lot about what they're doing. People have a difficult time looking you straight in the face and lying to you. Although there are people that are very, very good at it. A lot of people are going to look down. They're going to look side to side. You ever heard the shifty eyes thing? Well, there you go. Because when people get nervous, their eyes move and they can't focus on things they don't want. It's embarrassing for them to lie. So they look at the ground, they look at the wall, they look back and forth. Sometimes they look around circles. You think they're losing their mind. So it's very important to be able to watch their eyes and see what they're doing. Somebody that comes in and makes you that $25,000 low offer, I bet you their eyes are all over the place. And if they're not all over the place and they're looking straight at you with complete confidence, they're not shaking, they're not sweaty, nothing like that. That's telling you that you might want to check your figures, listing agent, because maybe, just maybe, you got the property overpriced by a lot. Maybe the listing agent was trying to impress the seller by agreeing with them on the value of their property, even though they can do basic addition and subtraction to know that's not an appropriate list price, maybe they spend too much time on Facebook talking about how hot the market is. And maybe you got a savvy buyer, you know, one with a brain sitting in front of you, somebody that actually has a buyer's agent working for them that pulled up comparable sales, or maybe the buyer is just a savvy buyer and doesn't have their own agent that went on any one of the 700 websites out there that will give you an estimated value of what the property is. It will also give you comparable sales. Here's the thing, guys, it's easy to get comps. And don't think you need the MLS to get comps. You don't. What you need is access to public record, which everybody has access to public record, provided you have a computer or a car or a bus ticket. And that's because public record is available for free in most cases at your local tax collector's office or property appraiser's office. And they'll tell you all the recent sales in the neighborhood. And yes, you could do it the old fashioned way and sit there and whittle them down until you get properties that are like kind to determine the values. Or if you want to pay for something, there are plenty of technology tools out there. You can use Zillow. You can use all kinds of things. And I don't want to hear the stuff about Zillow is inaccurate and all that stuff. That's a bunch of crap. I'm not talking about the Zestimate. What I'm talking about is the sold properties that are similar to the property we're talking about. Okay, that's factual data you can use to determine the value of a single family home. So just because you come up with a list price, and now this comes more, I'm going to rant a little bit about the multifamily thing. Realtors, and by realtors, I mean non-commercial agents working in the real estate or the residential space. And I know that commercial realtors is the thing too, but your average residential realtor has no flipping clue how to price multifamily property. Why is this true? 
Well, because I have bought several multifamily properties right off the MLS because the agents were not savvy enough to know how to price them properly. And I am a dirty capitalist pig. And when I see an agent screw up, I will capitalize on it by getting in there and buying that thing so fast with no inspections, all cash before they can even bat an eye. And then we fix it up nice and pretty. I get my money back by doing a cash out refinance and we move on to the next deal. On the other spectrum, they'll grossly overprice them. They usually either overprice them or underprice them, usually over. But every once in a while, I find one that's grossly underpriced because they're using comps. And when they're using comps, they may not realize that, yes, the tenants are paying $500 a month now, but with a little bit of paint and some bushes out front, I can get $950 if I kick out those tenants and put new tenants in. Oh, there's no lease, you say? Oh, that's good because in Florida, I can put you out in 30 days. That's beautiful. That's outstanding. 15 days in some cases. So you see, just because as a buyer, I submit an offer, you should be whistling Dixie that you got an offer. And then you should be having a conversation with the seller, as I talked about a minute ago, that outlines that the fact that you have an offer, that's exciting because it's your job as a listing agent to keep the seller motivated and excited. That's your job. Your job is then not to bring your drama into their world. They hired you to handle their drama for them. So when you're bringing that drama back to them, are you earning your paycheck? No, you need to withdraw draw the listing and give it to an agent that knows what the hell they're doing. So that said, how do you determine the value? There's a hundred different ways to do that, right? We just talked about all those different things. And the value is in the eye of the beholder, folks. Have you ever heard that before? The value is always tied to the buyer. If the seller thinks they can get more money, the listing agent thinks they can get more money, then cool, justify it. Show us some comparable sales that justify the list price. How about you go pay for an appraisal? And if the appraisal comes in at your price, great. If not, you're stuck paying for the appraisal, Mr. Seller. How about that? You see, guys, there's both. There's two sides to every story. And the best way to find out the answers to the question you don't know is to pick up the phone and ask those questions to get in front of the seller and the buyer and ask the questions. Have a good conversation. Realtors, your job is to be out there to be some form of a, I'll call it a, a daycare referee. Make sure the kids go in the sandbox together. Make sure you facilitate a good conversation Make sure everybody eats their peas and carrots and nobody peepees on the floor and that everybody comes to an agreement at the end and smiles and walks away because at the end of the day, ladies and gentlemen, we're just talking about buying something and selling something. That's what we're talking about. There's no need to get all wound up because when you get wound up, when you bring emotion into the mix, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to tell you right there, it's going to be over with as fast as it started. So with that, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I'm going to be putting together some information. I'm going to start doing a lot of emails and posts and things like that about this phenomenon, about helping you negotiate agents. If you're stuck on how to get more deals done, you want to make more money, wholesalers, investors, you want to get some negotiating tips, you're struggling with a deal, you need me to take a look at it to help you get over the finish line, head on over to cashflowguys.com forward slash ask Tyler. Schedule some time in my calendar. Let's have a conversation about it. And let's make it happen, right? That's what we're here for. But I can't help you if you don't reach out. Cashflowguys.com forward slash ask Tyler. This concludes today's episode. You don't have to wait till the next episode to learn to earn. Head over to cashflowguys.com and contact Tyler and his team for more powerful tips and ideas. So you can start generating multiple streams of income and escape the rat race.